That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Fobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Welcome to another episode of that naturopathic podcast, Dr. David Miller, ND, and Michelle Pobega, ND. Oh, I should have said Dr. Michelle Pobega, ND. It's fine. Me. I'm not insulted by that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm not that sensitive about those types of things. Not that sensitive, although that sensitive. some humbling moments for both of us in the last uh, couple of weeks, eh? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So we both attended the Braille Institute courses you were taking a listening course and i delved into visceral manipulation level one which was thank you for the silent round of applause steve um which i was excited about just from having spoken to you personally and on a professional level as well as a colleague of ours that has taken it as well tanya lee told me about her ability to start using it and how it affected her patients and she encouraged me to take this um so i was excited and i it was helping even with just pre-studying, I was starting to understand how there was more of a cause and effect with certain things in the body. And it helped create deeper connections about why what people experience doesn't always come from where they expect it to originate from, right? So a reflux problem isn't always a stomach problem. It could be a liver problem. It could be a, you know what I mean? Like a diaphragm mm -hmm. problem. It could be so, so it's just kind of helped reinforce some of those connections. And uh, it was pretty awesome. Like every time she would talk to us about a case study, the teacher, or she would say, oh yeah, this happens. And that ligament of trites can get affected through whiplash. And then that gets pulled and that pulls on the duodenum. And, and you're just kind of like, what? Nobody would, nobody yeah. would ever expect to have to go look into the abdomen after a whiplash case. They just treat the neck, but nobody realizes like the chain of events in the, in the, in the line of command that happens and how deep that can go. So it was really, uh, I remember my, the girl that I was paired up with and I, we just kept like looking at each other being like, really, that's really cool. Like we had like little mm -hmm. like mind explosion moments throughout the course. It was really awesome. Well, the, the take home that, that we should share, yeah. you know, fairly early here so that people uh, understand maybe why we're talking about it other than, you know, just about our experience, um, which would maybe be more tailored towards practitioners. But mm -hmm. what we're, what, what Michelle has experienced and I've experienced by doing this is a, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I almost felt like a grief of lost time, wasted time when I did these courses, because I realized, my God, we don't learn enough. And by we, I could say collectively primary healthcare practitioners, uh, naturopaths, probably medical doctors um, in particular, who don't um, use these, the structural understanding, anatomical structural understanding of uh, how the body works 
in your day-to-day practice of figuring out what's going on with someone and then and then offering obviously some treatment options too basically what i'm saying is structure matters and biochemistry matters um whereas most of us uh practitioners are going to focus heavily on biochemistry like a doctor may have heavily focused on pharmacology and a naturopath focuses on diet and supplementation and and then you know you go to this course and you go oh my god like you said like I should have thought about the tilt of the liver might actually impact the tilt of the bladder, which is why you have problems with urinary uh, frequency. You yeah. just don't think about that normally, no, right? No, no, And it was, it's interesting. I was just literally reflecting on this on the other day, being like, I've gone through 12, I guess, 13 years now, post naturopathic graduation of year after year taking continuing education credits and not one of them, not one of them has ever been geared to the value of a physical assessment. There might be some things where they touch on stuff where they're like, physically, they might present this way. You might have a heart that there might be, but there isn't a lot of emphasis on that. It then just goes to that. Here's the treatment plan with regards to pharmaceuticals or referring out, or here's the nutrition protocols. And it's just basically you sitting in front of a computer for a webinar or in a lecture room, taking notes, and then kind of like trying to make sure your mind stays awake throughout this process. So going into a course that allowed me to apply hands-on work, to practice with each other, to have very dynamic discussions, and then to start to like assess the body in a way I, in 13 years post-graduation, never have. And in our practice, like in the course itself, in CCNM, we didn't learn this. We learned like chiropractic adjustments, but I was just kind of like, I didn't feel confident leaving naturopathic college doing anything chiropractic. I'm like, I'm going to refer you to a chiropractor. No, exactly. Um, and we did physical exam. And even work. chiropractic, even chiropractic focuses on MSK. Exactly. And, and nerves. So, 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 so even physical exam work, like it gives us ba- the, the mere basics to understand what's happening on a physiological level. Um, so I don't know if I would say I have a grieving process, but I think there's a little bit of a disappointment that, or maybe even myself, that it's taking me this long to realize I need to make these connections. But obviously I went on this journey the way I needed to, to get to this point. And I think maybe that's why I have a greater appreciation or respect for what I'm now learning. Um, Humbling, right? Like It, look, it is. Look out, and, and it's big of you to go. I'm not here to pump up your tires too much, but it's big of you to go because you go in to these, uh, to these Burrell courses or, or, um, very high end. I mean, I'm sure you can tell this is some high end anatomical uh, understanding of the teaching, which then is, uh, you know, applied in practicum. Um, it's humbling as a naturopath to go because we probably have the least, uh, you know, palpation skills of anyone going in. So I'm going to say you're brave. And if you took on something, uh, it's hard to do because it's almost more comfy to just uh, be willfully blind to the idea that, um, you know, like there's nothing else to, to, there's not another perspective. I know it all. Yeah. And it's a leap of, uh, I don't know, humility and, and everything that goes into uh, accepting that, okay, anatomical, structural <laughs> perspectives are also important in the determination of what's wrong, i.e. assessment, diagnosis, and then offers some treatment options too. 
It actually yeah. makes your, you watch now, I, I, you watch your application of naturopathic therapies will be more precise. Mm. Well, here's the thing, like in, in a classroom of, I don't remember how many, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I think 20 students, I think it was like 20 to 24 of us in total. I was the only person with zero hands-on experience. Everybody else, there was only one other naturopath and she already had uh, Reiki certification, cranial psycho certification. I think she's had some other stuff where it required hands-on. So her, her hands were already in a, and her palpation and her assessments were already much more sensitive than mine. And everybody else was some sort of manual therapist, if not already craniosacral or an osteopath or an RMT or, and I was just kind of like, Hey, it's me. Like, I felt like very yeah. much like a fish out of water. And that first day broke me. Like by the end of class, you and I ended up going out for dinner that night. And, uh, and I expressed this to you, but like by the end of class, we were trying to do our general listening and our local listening. And I just welled up with tears right before we had to practice general listening. And my partner just looked at me. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like why am I like, lost. I'm lost. Yeah. And she was like, it's okay. She's like, a lot of us are lost, even though we've done similar work, this is still new to us too. So it was, but it was a humbling experience to say the least. And it, it definitely, it, yeah, it definitely kicked me down a peg and then I had to bring, pull myself back up, but, um, and now you'll be so much better. <laughs> you will, because you yeah. can remain willfully blind. Like now when I look at, I mean, many of our, uh, I look at, uh, I don't want to say anything. Uh, no, don't say discouraging. names. No, I don't want to say names, but like, you know, people are oft, often swallow up an ideology or uh, there's like a great overconfidence in their understanding of things being the way they are. Uh -huh. And I would say it often has a lot to do with evidence-based medicine, um, you know, uh, ideologues. When I see someone who is an evidence-based medicine ideologue, like, you know, like a like a, a disciple of that way of thinking, and they often trash naturopathic or other, maybe even more traditional osteopathic, yeah. subtle uh, subtle uh, arts um, or subtle sciences. Um, it's a, there's an arrogance that is is uh, you you know now because you you were humble enough to to know that you didn't know everything. There's an arrogance that it 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 that it really um, rubs me the wrong way just because you're not doing your patients a, a service if you don't look into all the other options there are for pers like perspectives and going about things and you'll never know them all perfectly but you need to know enough to know that you don't know enough I guess what yeah I'm saying. well the thing is is I even liked when when our instructor Kelly who I freaking loved she's the best <laughs> teacher I heard <laughs> she's incredible she's so incredible. Um, and I did not feel bored once in class. Like I felt fully <laughs> engaged, which is a very true testament to her ability to engage a classroom and articulate <laughs> because usually I'm like, oh, Lala, check my phone. Um, so <laughs> ADD kicks in hard. Um, but even her, when she's doing, when she's doing, she's showing us techniques before we're able to practice on each other. She, it was always the let go surrender she's like release the yep. need to succeed and that was a very big thing she said a lot and i feel like this this need to be right this need to to know it immediately and because she was like the body will tell you but you have to get your ego out of the way to hear what yep. the body's telling you and yep. that is a very big part of this process i had to learn to take my ego out of the way and then start to just be like 
I don't know if I'm feeling things, but if I keep doing this, I'll start to feel the difference of stuff and just, and just be okay with that (laughs) and releasing the need to be correct or do it right. And they are gentle therapies and they can be quite powerful, but, uh, you know, my, my, I'm going to, uh, practice, on patients of mine who I have a a very stable relationship with a very sound relationship. And there's a a lot of trust and there's a good vibe there. And I'm already like planting the seeds being like, Hey, um, at our next appointment, can I practice this? Here's what I learned. And a lot of them are like, great, but I'm not going to just like jump onto everyone because I want to get better at this first before I just start doing it in general. Um, so, uh, and then there's some opportunities to go practice with some other VM one graduates together, uh, a couple times a month within the GTA, which will be really great for me as well. But what I really liked about this was even just with the introduction of the visceral manipulation, there's a quote in the book that says the purpose of visceral manipulation is to recreate harmonizing, increased proprioceptive communication in the body to enhance its internal mechanism for better health. We are not fixing things. We are facilitating the body to come back into a state of balance and harmony. And the real thing is, is that you cannot have life without motion. Everything has to move. And I think we get that. I think a lot of people realize that we have to exercise and being stagnant is not good for health and this and that, but same with our organs. And I think we forget that, that there's, where do you want your water from a waterfall or a swamp? That's just it. Right. Like, do you want to drink? Do you want to have it like from like a, a pool of water that's just grown mildewy, or do you want it from like a spring that's clear and clean? Exactly. So, uh, same thing. And I use that analogy for my clients. And I was like, if your organs can't move, they are more likely to start to, to acquire and hold on to garbage that should probably not be stagnant there. And then it makes it the tissues more sick, less effective at function, et cetera. And so there's mobility within the abdominal cavity that every organ has to move with regards to each other. And then, and how they affect each other, which is a big deal. And then there's also the organ's own mobility. And I knew about that part because of an osteopath that I work with who was telling me how parasites will naturally deplete the motility of an organ. So I was interested in going into this course because of that knowledge already. And I was interested in going into this course because of my desire to help save gallbladders and learning how to support gallbladder health as well. But, um, it just kind of reinforced things. So, you know, a lot of things can cause motility and mobility issues and infections are a big one. Mm -hmm. And people don't think that they think once the infection is gone, you're like, yeah, you're cool. So this takes me back to our post-infectious IBS. You had an infection. Mm -hmm. Did it cause a restriction somewhere that then pulls on organs and then continues dysfunction in those particular sets of organs. Yeah. And then, you know, your restrictions may compromise blood flow to an organ or nervous system, nervous system. Yeah. And nervous system and lymphatic. So, yeah, um, I, it's, it's, I I predict it's going to be enjoyable and, but difficult for you because it still is very hard for me (laughs) to go, okay, is this a structural anatomical driven issue here or is it more like a biochemical kind of driven issue and the the truth is they sort of like probably play into each other a lot sometimes it's 99 to 1 and 1 to 99 or 50 50 so yeah um you know i I really encourage anyone to who's an atropath to to seek out some hands-on work and and i cannot get um yeah i cannot say enough about the brawl institute in terms of the degree of 
the high level of of teaching an anatomically based stuff with a with a high level of uh, practical application. Yeah. I mean, just for the audience, you know, if one organ is stagnant and I use this example often for my clients who have GERD, it could, it might not be a stomach problem, might not be a stomach proper problem. What if it's a liver problem? And then I go to this course and it talks about how there's like the lesser momentum is connecting the liver to the stomach and you can acquire adhesions in the lesser momentum, or if the liver is not moving effectively because of maybe motility issues or a diaphragmatic issue or a ligamentous issue or something, then that shared lesser momentum with the stomach could then leads to pulling on the stomach. And then, so the stomach mobility and motility is now affected. So not everything always comes from the place of origin we think it comes from. And just like you were talking about with uh, a liver and bladder issue, there is a, an, a ligament in the liver called the falciform ligament that turns into round ligament that turns into the umbilicus then it turns into umbilical ligament that then attaches to the bladder. So if your liver is not functioning well, it could by chain of command affect bladder function, which is like mind blowing. Like yep. nobody talks about this stuff. Why? Because <laughs> right? it doesn't yeah. fit their their ideology. Yeah, it's and it's and it's incredible to start thinking about the interconnectedness of the body. And I only took VM once. So I'm only learning about like general digestive organs. I didn't learn about the pancreas and the spleen. We didn't learn about how to improve the greater omentum and things like that. But we did learn about like the entirety of the colon as well as like the valves and the different flexures. And, you know, so I'm kind of excited to get deeper and deeper. I don't know what time frame I'm going to be able to do all that because <laughs> they're not in Toronto. So it's not always convenient, you know, but uh, I'm very interested in continuing to connect the dots even further. Cause I, I can already tell like, this is going to be a good stepping point, but it's not the full story because of the interconnectedness of things. You need to see the bigger picture to really start to, I think, uh, create longer lasting results. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, I think this is definitely a stepping stone for a very new approach to how I practice naturopathic medicine and supporting health, which is very intimidating and very exciting yeah. at the same time. Like, yeah, I like, that's how I say to, to the class, I was like, the class was inspiring and tiring. Cause once you leave, yeah. you're like exhausted. You're kind of like, you've practiced on each other and then your body's tired. You're mentally exhausted. Um, but it was super inspiring. I, I, I honestly, it's yeah, like, it's I, you nerd out hard. You're kind of like, this is incredible. <laughs> well, for the patient, I mean, for the patient listeners, you know, I, I, it's, we're talking specifically about what I think is, what I know of is the greatest uh, kind of uh, physical perspective on, on clinical, clinically applied, uh, a clinical application of, of yeah. uh, palpation and treatment. But hmm. the bigger principle is in general, in medicine, and I don't know if this happened in Nachpas. We all work quite differently, you know. But in general, in medicine, I remember going to see my doctor when I was a kid. There was physical exam involved. I think every time. I'm like I'm 44, so that's a while ago now. But there's generally been a decrease in um, the importance or value or practice of palpation in primary care 
And I think it's a to a massive detriment to patient care because you are overlooking something that is a absolute wealth of information sitting right there, no cost. There's actually some therapeutic benefit probably just to palpation and touch and connection on a physical level. And we are absolutely um, missing in a love of technology or machines or CAT scans or MRIs, which have their place, don't get me wrong, but we are compromising care, compromising primary medical care by not palpating or knowing enough about the uh, the way to to palpate and and to sense things in the body. Patients are the losers if we don't do that. So we need to, no matter what kind of uh, patient or or practitioner you are, you 100%. need to get a physical exam or or some sort of like even if it's like not perfect but some well intended curious uh in terms of like i really want to understand what's going on with my patient or a few of the patient i want the i want my physician or or doctor or whatever to be very curious about what's going on physically in my body if we don't do that man we're missing something big yeah and i i I will be the first to admit that like a physical exam doesn't always take precedence in my practice either like I'll do the basics and I, I palpate the abdomen. I always do that one. Cause a lot of people are coming to me with GI issues anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not a high priority because people have often so much to unpack verbally with me that it just kind of yeah, gets pushed along the wayside. So, uh, and that's something I've tried to become more conscientious of to not just overlook that piece. Um, and, this will be my challenge moving forward because I'm a chatty Kathy and uh, I'm not great with time management <laughs> schedules already. Like I'm always like probably going over a little bit with them and then I'm trying to like hustle to like finish their file before my mm-hmm. next client. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how I can integrate this into my typical structure of a clinical appointment. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I'll figure it out. It's just going to be a bit of a learning curve to like shut my mouth and just like do some listening and visceral manipulation instead uh, and see how that goes. Well, listening is the key. And I love that they call it listening. They say you listen with your hands, right? That's, that's, it's kind of a funny uh, kind of maybe a funny term, but I think the key, I'm just going to say it's, you know, directly what I found Michelle that helps with trying to, trying to uh, say, what do I focus on? You know, talking, listening with my ears or listening with my hands i feel like you know when you're doing your good job as a naturopath you're listening to people with your ears and and validating their experience i don't like to overuse the word validating because it's you know, i mean it can get a little bit overused but but well you know what you're doing is you're you are connecting and if you connect if you talk enough to connect then it's time i would say to um to connect physically, but you need that connection. Yeah. And I think that will help determine how much you have to talk and how much you have to walk. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting, it'll, it'll be, it'll be uh, for everyone. A, fun, a fun little dance that I have to do with my time management skills. But I just wanted to let the audience know, like just the, the practitioners and, and just general listening uh, and general audience uh, at large to, to know 
what can cause restrictions and issues in mobility with your organs? So surgery and scar tissues, that's a big one. So again, people will be like, well, I had an abdominal ultrasound and they said all of my organs are fine. And I was like, that's great. Did you have any kind of surgeries done <laughs> in your history? Cause there could be scar tissue and they're not looking at that when it comes to ultrasounds. They're not looking at how that affects existing connections and in, in associated organs. So surgeries, any kind of infection can also cause a lesion um, or uh, within like the connective tissue of the organs, or like I said, can also affect the motility of an organ, uh, any kind of physical trauma, postural habits, uh, emotional stress and emotions and stress. This is going to go down to like, you know, somatic therapies and trauma care and fascial stuff and how like emotions can get stored in the fascia. Um, chemicals. So certain medications and pharmaceuticals, even herbs and vitamins and foods. Like sometimes if something doesn't agree with you, it could also start to lead to some, some issues. And then just repetitive stress. That was the list that they gave us. Um, but I think uh, most people don't really think of that causing adhesions, restrictions and mobility on an organ system and how that would then translate to dysfunction, uh, and symptoms. Right. So I just wanted to bring that to people's attention. There was a, there was a, a patient in our class who had multiple, more than four types of abdominal surgeries. And she had a, she was a little bit heavier set. She had a bit of a bigger belly and she had something called gastric ptosis where your stomach starts to like sag and elongate mm -hmm. and it gets and it goes well past the umbilicus because usually your stomach maybe it's really funny when you start putting this together and they start talking about the organs you're like that is a lot bigger than I thought like how does that all fit <laughs> in together in the abdomen but so we did the assessment for gastroptosis on her and it almost went down to her pubic bone when when the when the teacher was palpating for her stomach and then that alone means that more food is further down in the pylorus of the stomach, the very, like the very bottom part of the stomach. And then to go back up to the pyloric sphincter, which is probably still higher up to reconnect with the duodenum. There's now such a great distance between that, that food might not be emptying effectively. So it's causing, you know, heaviness after eating and all these symptoms that we don't actually think about being connected with like a structural issue. We just think, oh, I have GERD, let's take an antacid. Or I have this, so we'll take a laxative or, you know what I mean? Um, and then after applying some of the, doing the maneuvers, we remarked where the stomach, and it was a, I swear to God, it was almost like three inches difference that it yeah. was in back to its normal positioning, three inches. That it in, and I was like, it's incredible the type of work that this will allow us to do to facilitate how people feel and how their bodies are able to show up for them. So that's just even just from restrictions from scar tissue. And that could also just be pulling the stomach down because of scar tissues and the, and the omentum and in the mesentery and all these different things. Like it's wild, wild. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing. So anyways, um, I'm, I drank the Kool-Aid 
uh, I'm, yeah, in it. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I have already pre pre signed up for committing to doing like VM two, VM three, VM four, and possibly doing this particular course again, so I can just extrapolate a little bit more because I think that this will definitely just amplify what I can do as a naturopath. It's patient care clients. that you're going for here. You know, that in the That's end, what you're, what you're signing That's up here for is you're humbly bowing down and saying, I don't, I know I can do better for my patients. And it's, it's a, it's a great driver. It's a new tool that I can yeah. implement and if that means one less pill for people, that's easier for people's pockets. It's easier for their lifestyle. And if, and I'm, and I'm great with that. You know what I mean? Like as long as the patient is is supported and feels like there's a positive shift in their quality of life, their symptomatology, then this is nice to be able to have this now as, you know, part of my, my tools. It's pretty Most awesome. patients want to be palpated to help understand what the hell's going on in their body. Most symptoms have not mo- not all but most or a great majority of symptoms have the anatomical uh, physiological um basis but very few know it and it's yeah. uh it's this helps you communicate with your patient or if you're the patient make sure you see someone who touches your body like gets palpates and mm-hmm. tries to be um professionally curious about what the heck is going on because there's so much there and if, if so it's not not like the body's got the wrong signal. What does he say? Uh, only the tissues know. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, so it's a direct signal from the body. It's it's like you got to learn the language of the body. And that's what you've just signed up, Michelle, to do. And that's what all doctors and, and clinicians should sign up to do is understand the language of the body. It's 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 on us to learn it. It's not, it's not like there's no information coming from the body yeah it's it it's on us to learn the the signals of the body like now when i touch people's uh you know i can feel nerves i feel nerves like there's a tingling i literally feel like there's a a buzz a, like a nine volt battery and my hands are like wet and i'm touching mm. like you we the body's got that signal for us if we're if we're open to hearing it it's like someone yeah. bursting in my room and speaking like I don't know, like speaking Ukrainian. I, I don't understand it. It doesn't mean what they're saying is g- gibberish and silly. It means I need to learn how to speak that. And that's Correct. what you're learning to do. And it's a lifelong learning. Yeah. I think so. it's, uh, I had a thought and I feel like I lost it. So I don't know, maybe we'll just wrap it up, but it it, it is, it is pretty exciting. Oh, this is what I was going to say. There are times where I've been in clinic where there are so many things that can have similar symptoms and you know that the, the root cause can be from more than one mm-hmm. from various things. And you, and there's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. and sometimes it's hard to differentiate one thing from another to know where to actually start treating things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this will be an interesting way to start to clear those messages, clear the path a little bit more and be a little bit more specific and direct in understanding what clarity and real- simplicity is what you'll get right yeah. and i th- and i think you'll that that it. will be really helpful to just clarity a little bit of clarity mm-hmm. right to know how to best move forward for the for the for the patient because it's not about me <laughs> like you said so um that'll be really interesting to see all the all this plays out and i'm really excited to begin to implement this a little bit more um so dave thanks for bringing this to my attention 
um, and just beating me on the head, Welcome being the like, side. you should really take the VM course. <laughs> so uh, I'm in, I'm in it to win it. I drank the Kool-Aid and I'm all in now. So a girl. Yeah. Good for you. Probably yeah. for doing it. It's, it's a, it's a hard thing to sort of suck it up. And and I'll just say, as I like to say uh great thanks to uh, all my teachers that I've had at the Brawl Institute and, uh, and Jean-Pierre Brawl specifically, um, you know, thank you for uh, bringing this humbly bringing this uh, work to the world. It's, it's uh, it will make medicine better. The more people um, get on it. Yeah. His passion for, his passion for his knowledge and understanding and is wild when they talk about how he studies anatomy every day. He probably knows anatomy better than anybody in the whole world, but he still studies it every day. He's humble. Always, if you want to, he's right? very humble. Like, And I respect this, that. Yeah. The, he's got grandpa power. He says less and means more and he's very humble. And yeah, um, yeah he's, he's a pretty special guy. It's pretty cool. Anyways. Okay. Uh, that's our that's our love of the Braille Institute and uh, new applications to understand patient patient symptoms and we're excited to bring this to our clientele. So thanks for everyone for listening. Um, have a great day. <laughs>